2: Right here from the palatial seventh floor studios in Buckhead is Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe. Sure it. Love it, love it. Hello, testing. Whose headphones do I have on? Uh, I can't hear myself. I don't know. You put somebody else's. Oh, wait a minute yours. here. You take <laughs> these.
0: So you took David's, <laughs> and David took Nathan's.
2: <laughs> You know, oh, I just boy. got out of broadcasting school last week, so they, I did <laughs> What didn't, do these things do here? I skipped the class and said, whose headphones you <laughs> should. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't hear myself. I'm like, wow, I'm almost 60 and I'm going deaf. I can't hear any longer. Oh. Anyway, David Bryant here and Nathan. All right, Nathan, you're going to have to help me with your last name because I remember when we met these guys, uh, a great from uh, Heart for Africa, we met these guys, what, a couple of weeks ago, I guess mm-hmm. it was, and, uh, and I heard David's name. But this 60 year old ear didn't hear Nathan's last name. So, what is it?
1: Nidu. Uh, Nidu. Okay. We were saying nay, we, but everyone N-I-D-U. says nay. nay. I'm like, do Brett they Barf. say? Do like they Brett say nay? You're like, It's a burden, <laughs> but. Uh, Do you throw like
0: Brett Favre? I I mean, that is like he does now. (laughs) now, (laughs) You got to
2: get a T-shirt that says "My name is Nye, (laughs) (laughs) Nye, (laughs) Nye." Do now, High Kike is passing something around in a bag and not sure what that is, or it's a surprise. Okay, are you going to announce something later? Are these guys going to do it? Talk maybe talk about that later. All right, right. we'll do that uh, later. But anyway, how are you guys
3: doing? Well, we're excited to be here today with y'all. Thanks so much for the opportunity, and we love sharing. Uh, the Heart for Africa story and what God is doing in a little tiny country called Eswatini in southern Africa.
0: Eswatini. It is Eswatini. We're trying to figure out if it's E or E, eh, or if the E was silent. Or what did
2: I say last segment? Did you, I pronounce it so correctly? Eswatini. You did, you did I was trying it. to remember what you said when we yeah. met. It's one of those names. You passed I, the first test. All right. Good yeah. job. Well, it's not a name. It's not a word that I use every day. I mean, you guys probably do, and so you're used to it. But. Well,
3: and, you know, up until two years ago, the country was called Swaziland, and it is the uh, last absolute monarchy in Africa so the king turned 50 in 2018 and the country celebrated its 50th anniversary of independence from being a British protectorate so the king thought I'm going to give myself the gift of renaming the country and in the Swati language "Eswatini" literally means land of the Swazis so there you go
2: okay about that I remember when it was Swaziland but yeah. I didn't get the memo that they changed it how many years ago was it again two years ago yeah see I was in South Africa back in uh, when was that 2000 I think mm. And it was still Swaziland. We were talking about it. So awesome. So glad we had, we had a great time with you guys chatting. We knew that you were uh, telling everybody about what you guys do. Something interesting, and we didn't really talk about it in the meeting, but you say that you uh, are a pastor's son, and so and you live to tell about it, right? Well, you know, I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you didn't end up in jail? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I live to tell about Gave
3: my mom and dad a lot of sleepless nights. I'm sure I always joke that, um, I've grown up as a pastor's son, and I may be a disappointing Baptist. Um, so, <laughs> a, disappointing a disappointing Baptist. Baptist. Okay, but um, no, you know what? Well, you know, if, if you have tattoos and 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 do different things, right. sometimes yeah. people are like, "Well, can you really be this?" But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, my dad is a retired Southern Baptist minister who lives in Tennessee, and and it is still like, there's no such thing as a retired minister, right? Right right. right? right, right, right. He still actively mentors and 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 preaches and does other things, but. Um, but yeah, I grew up with that that opportunity and that distinction, you might say. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that that distinction—that's amazing. And I did notice your tattoos when we met. Now yeah, I have tattoos yeah. of my own. You oh, can't see them. All right, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not a Baptist, so I guess I can get <laughs> uh, I get away with that. But uh, I the, I think that was the one. Is that the yeah. one I was reading? The, so that's, what does that say. Um, by, can you hold by that Um wonder the camera. Sure.
3: I don't, yeah. I don't know where I was supposed that to be. Yeah, yeah, right Look there. at that arm. Oh, here. That's that's not an arm you want to be hit with <laughs> right there. <laughs> so yeah. that says, bind my wondering heart to thee. So if, you, if you're familiar with old hymns, mm-hmm. come thou fount of every blessing. Mm, and it just for hymn. me uh, is kind of a representation of my faith journey yeah. in life is that I just want God to continuously draw me closer, bind me to him, keep me close to him. And so uh, that just became an important thing. My mom, bless her heart, she's actually... Uh, passed away a couple of years ago. Today's mm-hmm. her birthday. As a matter of fact, she would have been 75 years old, and she always used to say to me, Can you not just write that down somewhere <laughs> and, 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 and keep it important in that way rather than putting it on your skin? And anyway, so generational thing, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. absolutely. Yeah. Now, my mom passed a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and she saw my first tattoo, which is on my inside of my yeah. bicep here, and she wasn't crazy about it yeah, either. Yeah. But, it is what it is, right? You
3: know, it's just, you know, there's, uh, I think, uh, as generations age and things change that, you know, some things become more acceptable, some things become less acceptable. And it's just a way for us to celebrate or commemorate, perhaps, things that are important to us. And it's not yeah. for everyone. Yeah. And, uh, but um, certainly for me, it's, it's something that I appreciate and enjoy.
2: That's mm. amazing. Well, Nathan, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you guys uh, connect? uh, Before we get into the the long and short of Heart for Africa, we love what you guys are doing, by the way. And and appreciate you guys uh, coming back to be on the show so
1: well i am a methodist and my body is a clean canvas <laughs> <laughs> so i am uh, i am outnumbered we're not the, worthy nathan yes, we're thank not you. worthy thank you. <laughs> but, yeah.
2: so my well, mother he's, doesn't he's have getting <laughs> into heaven before we yeah. are <laughs> so my
1: mother has no problems with, uh, with me yeah right <laughs> <laughs> aesthetically um, so i worked in politics for about 10 years and concurrently with that i was doing mission trips almost every year to Estonia or South Africa. My dad is actually from South Africa, ah. and so we fly through South Africa just to get to Project Kane and to Eswatini. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the town the town where our uh, project is is about a four and a half hour drive from where all my family is in South Africa. Oh wow! Huh. Um, so it, it, it I, anyway. So I was working in politics, and I'd worked for other nonprofits and. Um, we don't. We're not going to go down this road on a nice weekend morning. But is is no surprise to anyone. The state of politics in this country is just completely divisive beyond mm. its ever been. Mm. Before, I don't and, see that at all. No, <laughs> I don't know what you're no, talking about. <laughs> if you only watch one news <laughs> network, you're like, oh, it's really great out there. But don't turn the other. Don't turn the other. Uh, I mean, just on. watching the debates yeah. last night. Was, no, they. Uh, yeah. Hey, they were all united at one cause. There, we don't have to. Again, we don't have to get into that. We're yeah. um, we're
3: actually trying to redeem Nathan yeah. from a life in <laughs> so politics. So I, I always uh, say,
1: this is. My my repentance tour. This is my, um, you know, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to figure out this whole heaven thing. But no, yeah. I've been a lifelong Christian, and as I say, I've done mission trips all over the world. I've been very blessed, and I just, you know, we'll use this air quotes for the <clears throat> for the listeners, but randomly got a uh, notice about this open position with Heart for Africa, and started reading about it. And I just emailed David, and we went and had lunch, and we just, I was, we just hit it off, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed. Um, you know, a preacher's son would probably have a better way to explain this, but the people that work for us are just good, real people. They Mm. don't put on airs. It's Mm -hmm. just who we are is who we are, and we all get along. And David, that starts from our founders and CEO, but also from David, and it's just a great work environment. And he just said, you know, we'd love to have you join this ministry. And I started on... uh, March 18th and March 22nd, they sent me to Escatini on a 17 and a half hour plane any ride. It's wow. like four days in, he knew he'd made a mistake, so they sent me down to Project <laughs> Can, And obviously, that helped invaluably to me to talk about what Hard for Africa does. And yeah. so, I brought the fundraising background and the communications and the um, uh, event planning experience to Hard for Africa. and... I'm just trying to bless them as much as they blessed me. In the past year, my one-year anniversary comes up in a couple of weeks. That's yeah, yeah.
0: awesome. Yeah, Almost a year, so he's got just a little bit of time to get the tattoo within that one-year <laughs> time frame. That, so that is, that's one. the next rod of passage for yeah. sure. I'm gonna yeah, get,
1: he said I have to get a mark on my backside for every time I go down there. And, <laughs> yeah. those, so he's 17 times this year, they're going to oh, send wow, me down okay. there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's
0: going to hurt. Eswatini.
2: <laughs> uh, why Eswatini? I know there's been some just obviously have orphans that you're helping and drought and et cetera. Tell us more.
3: Well, let me, let me kind of provide a little bit of context to to the overall founding of the organization. So Janine and Ian Maxwell are a couple who own uh, one of the most successful marketing firms in Canada several years ago. And uh, their story really starts on 9-11. She was in New York city on 9-11 was evacuated um, out of the city. Ian was on a flight, American airlines flight. And uh, so that day like, like, for, for so many of the rest of us, really changed and altered the trajectory of their lives. Mm-hmm. We all remember mm-hmm. what we were doing on 9-11. And so she always starts the story there. And one of the things she always talks about is, you know, we, God was very important in their lives, but it was business, family, God, mm. in that order. And I think 9-11 was a reset button for her mm. to where that, that really got reversed to God, family, and business. And so she began to take a journey. She took several trips to Africa, began to see the problem of children who were orphans as a result of the AIDS epidemic that mm. was sweeping across the nation uh, back during that decade. And so for a variety of reasons, we eventually uh, settled on the country of then Swaziland uh, because uh, we were given the opportunity to purchase land in that country, and, and God had given Ian a vision of of a place where there would be a farm, there would be children's homes, there mm. would be an opportunity Not just to create a refuge, but a place that could become an opportunity for businesses and enterprise to truly create a self-sustainable organization and to not only employ people, but to raise the next generation of leadership for this country. And so... Swaziland, now Eswatini, uh, has the dubious distinction of having the highest HIV rate Mm. in the world. My gracious. And so an entire generation of adults were wiped out, and you're left with a country that is mostly children under the age of 15 Mm. and older women who are referred to as Go-Go's. And and those are the two kind of largest segments of the population in this country. And in a country that's about the size of New Jersey, has about a million people, half, about 500,000 or so, children or, or orphans and vulnerable children, and wow. so God really kind of laid us you know led us there, we purchased the land that has become Project Canaan back in two thousand and eight uh, we dedicated that land and and there was nothing there it was bush and no roads, no electricity, no infrastructure of any kind, and we celebrated our tenth anniversary last year and there's now nearly 70 buildings on that structure. We have 261 children under the age of 10. Did you say 70 buildings? 70 buildings. We've built everything wow. there. We've built wow. dams, water pipelines, um, basically everything needed to create, if you will, a city on a hill. Hmm. And it truly is a city on a hill that you can kind of see as you approach there. But but more importantly, we've created a place of hope for pe- the people of Eswatini, in addition to the children that we have living there that – that come to us as babies and that we're raising until they reach adulthood. We're educating them and we're providing employment to over 300 uh, people. And so we focus on providing hope and that focus is on hunger, orphans, poverty, and education. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're in Eswatini.
0: That's so awesome that, that uh, you're able to give them work, which gives them hope yes. for a future and yeah, yeah. to be able to get out of that cycle of poverty. Abs-
3: absolutely. And so, you know, for us, there's there's two things. There's a couple of different things that are happening. One is we're interrupting this kind of cycle of of, of, of orphans by rescuing those children, bringing them to live with us, but we're also creating hope for families through employment mm-hmm. so that they can hopefully preserve their families and not have children made orphans. Yep. Let's
2: do this. we got to take a hard break. We'll be right back with uh, David and Nathan. Heart for Africa. We'll be back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. Stay there. Listening to Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Radcliffe on Faith Talk Atlanta. Look out! It is the uh, Wednesday edition of Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. Did you forget what day it was. Yes, I had a <laughs> I had a senior moment there for a I second. Hear you. I'm well, this, you know, weeks and weeks of rain has this brain very foggy. But it's finally <laughs> sunny out.
0: <laughs> we just needed David and Nathan to come, and that's what made it sunny out. Oh, so yes. Thank you, guys. Preacher's
3: Kid connection, oh, obviously. Yes. Way so. to go.
0: We, we and, of course, uh,
2: uh, Nathan being a Methodist, that helped. Yeah, uh, definitely, <laughs> too, right? No tattoos. Yeah, definitely. Th- these that's guys right. from Hard for Africa, we're going to pick up in uh, just seconds here to find out more about the story. And we love the stories of what they did last year. Ten years, they've taken like 7,000 people, I think David said, while the uh, while we were on break. We'll talk more about that in a second. But first, coming up on May the 12th, it is the Women in Ministry that we have every year. This year at the Cobb Energy Center. And our keynote speaker is, I can't wait to talk to her again, Dan. It's been a mm-hmm. couple of years. Pam Jenkins and worship by Jody Messina. Yes, that Jody Messina. Mm-hmm. So, ladies, you can sign up at faithtalkatlanta.com.
0: All right, let's uh, get back to uh, Heart for Africa. Now you kind of gave us the history of how it came about. Sure. Um, let's talk about uh, the the real heart for those people and, uh, and and what it is that we're, let's dig into some of the stories of people that you're helping and, and what you've seen happen there.
3: Well, I think um, anytime we talk about Heart for Africa, children seem to be, uh, for most people, at the heart of what we do. And so as I mentioned earlier, we, we have 261 children who live with us. On average, we receive a baby about every 11 days. So wow. every year we receive about 40 children, all under the age of two. Most of them typically infants are under the age of six months. And I'll preface this by saying every child comes to us with a story that's worse than the other. The, mm-hmm. More than 60 of our children at birth were dropped down pit latrines, which are essentially outdoor outhouses. So mm-hmm. you have a, you have a mother probably a teenage mother who was raped or didn't know she was pregnant, um, had had sex for food. She has this baby. It drops down the pit latrine. And one of those babies uh, is is now Shirley, um, who uh, is very sassy. But Shirley's story um, is one where her mother gave birth to her, dropped her down a pit latrine because she was hopeless. She didn't know, what am mm. I going to do with this child? How mm-hmm. do I feed this child? I can't have this child. And came back several hours later, and Shirley, because she's a fighter, was still crying, was still alive. Mm. Mom went and got hot coals from the cooking fire and dumped them on top of Shirley to try to smother that life out. Wow. And Shirley survived. Wow. And an uncle, uh, another family relative, heard her crying, came in, and then dumped dirt on top of her to smother out the coals. So this child was in human waste, hot coals, and dirt. And she survived. God kept her alive. Mine. I don't know what God Gracious. what God's purpose for Shirley is, but it's mighty. Yeah. And so uh the police were called, they came, they they actually lowered Shirley's mother into the latrine to to pull her out. She suffered horrific burns, as you can imagine. Hmm. Actually came here a couple of years ago and had uh, reconstructive surgery. And um it's amazing to me. God works so many miracles in all of our lives, but uh, Nathan can attest to this as well. Watching what he does in the way that children are loved back to life mm. at Project Canaan never ceases to astound me. And when we were there last year, you know, Shirley has some some scarring and some other marks evident from the burns, but they seem to fade mm. over time, as mm. if God is slowly mm. kind of smoothing out those features. And and regardless of that, her smile and her sass and her mm. spirit uh, and her resilience is just in in my mind one just one of the many miracles that we see. And we've had children who were pronounced blind, lame, deaf, hmm. and they see and they walk and they hear. Wow. And so that's just one of the 261 children that are there. There's multiple stories uh, that we could share uh, over, over a lot of different time. And one of the things I mentioned, if people are interested in learning more kind of about Janine's journey and how Project Canaan came to be, she's actually written two books that are available. Um, Her first book was called It's Not Okay With Me, and the second one is called Is It Okay With You? Mm. And it's a great way to kind of get introduced to the work and the vision of Heart for Africa and kind of the beginning of Project Canaan, and both of those books are available either on Amazon or people can call us or reach out to us um, by email, and we can connect them with that as well.
2: So this has been going on for 10 years. You had mentioned you've got 70 buildings, I think you said, 200 and some odd kids with one every 11 days, which is 40 a year. And we do want to hear some stories, more stories in a second. So you've pretty much seen this. Remind me how long you've been apart.
3: I've actually uh, just celebrated my fourth anniversary, so I've been there four years now.
2: Okay, so you've seen a lot of movement, a lot of growth. Now, Nathan has been there a year. Nathan, how were you prepared or... Were how you did, you, yeah, how yeah. did you react when you saw – you come in and you hear the stories, but then you see – kind of a two-part question – then you see, look what's going on here to help this, this country, this struggling.
1: Uh, I, I always tell people the first thing that you're struck by is the magnitude and the size of Project Canaan. 2,500 acres. Again, David talked about this. We have water. We have dams. We have crops. We have you know Everything. And you're just struck by the sheer size of, and again, to to uh, a perfect bridge from my past life, calling it a shining city on a hill, of mm-hmm. course, is is just a fantastic way of looking at it. Um, and you're really not prepared for it. I've been all over the world again, as I said on mission trips, I've been to the third world, the first world, everywhere. And you get on site of Project Canaan, and there is such a peace unlike I've ever felt anywhere before. Now, again, that I think goes back into how... Um, there's a lot of black magic going on in that country. They Mm -hmm. call it some, it's some of it, uh, is known as the black heart of Africa. Mm. So there is definitely spiritual warfare at Mm -hmm. work, but there is just such a piece at project Canaan that you feel and you really feel the love, um, and the, the, you know, the, the spirit there. Um, one story that, that I always like to tell that's less about the kids, but more about our employment opportunities and the people that we bring in from the community up on the Hill, um, at the top of the hill, one of our hills, you can see across the valley to a, another hillside with electricity, and there's probably I don't know sixty or seventy homes over there. And when they started, when Project Canaan started, those were all campfires, hmm. and so that's part of the community that we employ. And so through um, these these uh, these folks getting career opportunities and. That sort of thing. They were actually able to electrify their mm. community, which brings the safety way up, mm-hmm. brings the crime down. Obviously, allows for better food preparation and mm. all that, all that stuff. So, you know, obviously, as David said, our number one focus is always the kids, it, and that is part of why I was brought on was to help fundraise for child sponsorship for these kids. Um, but beyond that, you know, we are we're just having an impact on all age levels, so mm. to speak
2: we're talking to uh, David and Nathan from uh, Heart for Africa. David mentioned about uh, police and then the the chasm if you will. You've got the older ladies which you call gogos which means basically an older woman mm-hmm. and in that language. Mm-hmm. And uh Eswatini uh, has all those younger kids and then the middle is because of AIDS and uh, you know hunger and just kind of crazy stuff going on there. So, uh and there is some type of structure, I'm sure as far as government somehow What are they saying about this? And they must be very pleased, in a sense, to see that their kids are getting taken care of. And is it against the law? You just said the police showed up. I guess it's against the law, I mean, to get rid of your unwanted child.
3: Well, um, Swaziland, Eswatini didn't have a child abuse law until 2012. Okay, Um, And actually just this just recently passed a domestic violence law. So it wasn't a crime. Uh, It was a crime to to commit murder. Uh It was not a crime to abuse a child, abuse your wife, spouse. Um, And so there are there's certainly a social welfare department that's part of the the, the ministry there. Um, We work very closely with with the police department and with social welfare and the deputy prime minister of the country actually is over that department. And so we have a very close relationship uh, with him. With all the social workers that work in social welfare, and we we are we have a lot of favor mm. with the government, and certainly they're able to point to us and say, "Look at how uh, we're caring for, for for these children." We don't mm. receive any support, financial support um, from the government, but certainly um, the king's family and um, and others have been involved from the perspective of support. Of promotion and, and and appreciation of the work that's being done there,
1: and, and even the Deputy Prime Minister, we had uh, going back as David said, we celebrated our ten year anniversary last July, and we took about one hundred and twenty people down there for that, and the Deputy Prime Minister came to our celebration and mm. was a was a active, <laughs> surprisingly and th- and you know excitedly active part of our mm. uh, of our of our presentation and to what David was saying, you can see the video of it, but we reference the kids that were blind, that were lame, that were deaf, and uh, I couldn't, could not walk, and now I can. I was blind, but now I see kind of thing, Mm. even in the song that we use. And David, you know, I'll I'll embarrass him. It's like he's, you know, he's a manly man, but he said, (laughs) you know, at the one point when the, when the little when the kid walked across the stage that wasn't even supposed to walk, you right. know, and the and the audience was on their feet because yeah. the community and our folks obviously know hmm. the backstory there. I mean, hmm. it was there wasn't a dry eye in the house.
3: Are you familiar with the uh, Anthony Brown song? I'm a living, breathing, walking, talking, moving miracle. We played that. Anthony's a, a gospel singer. We played that song and our children kind of all of our children, our older children. So there's one hundred and forty, hundred and fifty children that got up and there were streamers streaming and they were. Dispersing throughout this audience of a thousand people who are gathered there on that mm-hmm. celebration, and the spe- one of the specific children he's referencing is Grace, and Grace was born with CP and and was been she's blind. She's mm-hmm. never going to walk. Um, she's not going to be able to do all of these different things. And Grace can see, mm-hmm. and uh, she walks with a walker. She walks without the walker. As a matter of fact, Janine had shared a video of her recently walking down the stairs from our old, from our MCINI campus, which is where our, our older children live walking down the stairs unassisted. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a it, it's just a place where you can watch miracles happen mm-hmm. in real time. And just, just the fact really that cool. you could
0: have a thousand adults that yeah. were there for that celebration yeah, yeah. and see the hand of God oh,
3: absolutely. on that place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and it's and and to draw to, to draw a contrast to what Nathan said about it being a place where you feel the the sense of God's spirit during that same celebration, just to illustrate mm-hmm. the spiritual warfare we're talking about So we're having this celebration, the 10th anniversary celebration, and off in the distance we see a pillar of smoke. Not uncommon in Swaziland in July, there's Eswatini, it's the dry season, there's wildfires, but that wildfire grew and grew and grew until essentially it engulfed Project Canaan, and and we fought fires for 40 hours continuously for the next couple of days, and it threatened our farm, uh, it threatened people's homes, we had to evacuate our children's homes, We were moving babies and infants, and we were pre-positioning cars to evacuate from from everywhere.
0: Mm.
3: And uh, the only thing that burned down, the only structure that burned down after that 40 hours was the chapel. Mm. And we had a board member saying a call after that event. Isn't it interesting that the only thing that God allowed to be touched was his own house?
1: Mm-hmm. Wow, and just to just to piggyback on that, we have a golf community next door where we do our meals and and stuff like that. And their staff was out, and David won't say it, but he was one of the ones fighting the fires with a bucket of water and a baby in one hand. You know, <laughs> not not at the same time. But, um, <laughs> we have very non-conventional firefighting yeah. techniques. David's
2: pretty amazing. Yeah, but I don't yeah think He was does. holding the child <laughs> out of the
1: flames, and the baby um, was peeing on the fire right, and right, putting right, it out. Right, I mean, right. Whatever works. He said he's he's the preacher's son, he can <laughs> yeah. make those miracles happen. Uh, meanwhile I was, you know, safely off campus. No, but so um uh, uh, but we had the wait staff from the golf clubhouse there in their uniforms helping to be back these fires. Wow. And when the when the this is the when the flames jumped jumped the roads, literally jumped the roads mm. and you could watch the embers go across and the the embers started to light the chapel, roof on fire, thatched thatched roof the, the wait, some of the wait staff and some of the the locals were taking a water break and rather than drink their water they immediately jumped on top of this thatched roof and started dumping their water on mm. the fire which obviously was a losing battle yeah but just to have them sacrifice without even flinching was just wow mm. I
3: say all that to say you can't stop God mm-hmm. from doing mm-hmm. what he wants to accomplish true. no Very matter true. where you are
2: yeah love that David and Nathan here from Heart for Africa we're going to talk more right after this break I'm Rick Probst and I'm Dan Ratcliffe this is Faith Talk Live. Faith Talk Live with Rick Probst and Dan Ratcliffe. Now gluten-free with no preservatives added on Faith Talk Atlanta. (laughs) No, yeah, David and Nathan here from uh, Heart for Africa. We're going to talk more about what's going on and how you can be a part of it. And yes, you can be a part of the uh, deeper faith cruise that's coming up August thirtieth. Nice transition there. Mike. <laughs> that's why we get to get, go. <laughs> you're a pro. <laughs> that's why I get paid the big bucks. Thank you very right. much. Uh, and Dan's going to be on this cruise, right, Dan? No, no won't we'll,
0: we'll be on that one.
2: Um, but August the 30th through September the 6th with Alistair Begg, Laura Story, and Michael O'Brien. Uh, tickets available. It's going to be really cool. It's in Alaska, and you're going to love every single second of it. Go to faithtalkatlanta.com.
0: I'd love to be in that one just to hear Alistair Begg talk and yeah. hear that Scottish accent. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. true. He's so good. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get back to Heart for Africa. Let's talk about uh, how we can help the kids. Uh, obviously, there's a, a lot of work to be done if you're having new kids coming every 10 to 11 days. There's a lot of work to be done. How can folks help out?
3: Well, there's two very specific ways right now that I'd like to share. And one is child sponsorship. So every February, we focus on recruiting child sponsors. And so it costs $2,700 a year to care for one of our children. And that means full-time staff, feed, clothes, shelter, provide primary medical care. But we've broken that down into monthly opportunities where it. $30 $30 a month, $50 a month, $100 a month, $225 a month. And, Nathan, would you like to talk about kind of what each level of sponsorship provides?
1: Yeah, so we have, as David said, we have multiple levels of sponsorship levels that we've come up with. But, it, you know, as we always say, any amount helps, monthly, one time, um, anything like that. But we have what's called our Angels Program, and that, uh, or that is that's what David is referencing to, where you basically sign up as a monthly donor. Um, to help support our kids. So at $30 a month, you're providing primary medical care, full-time nurse, vaccines, wellness checks for our children, that sort of thing. And, you know, just to say this covers everything for our kids, mm-hmm. from from housing, as we've talked about, to school, to education, to, um, you know, diapers and, and a lot of love, as we mm-hmm. always like to say. So then at $50 a month, it's nutritious, the nutritious formula for our infants, helping them to grow strong, first year of life. Um, you know, which obviously is most important, the one place on campus where we really um, protect our kids, i mean not to say that we don 't protect them, but where we really cloister them, so to speak, is in that first year of life because, mm-hmm. as you know that's that 's where they 're most um vulnerable mm-hmm. so the hundred dollar level pays for one night shift, auntie who will love and care for your babies again, they have full time twenty four hour care mm. um, just they are under constant watch and protection by us. And then for the full two twenty five a month, it feeds, clothes, and cares for one child completely for a month. Hmm. Um, and you know, at each of those levels, you get a little um, some swazi uh, some kutsala artisan items that we sell and that uh, our uh, our employees produce down there. So, hmm.
3: so there's um, two things that I think are are really important there. One is the opportunity to to be involved at any level, like Nathan's talking about, and the second one is. Um, a lot of people like to choose a specific child to represent their commitment. Mm. And so while we don't restrict the funds to that particular child, because we need to care for all of them. Mm -hmm. If there's a child that as you visit our website at www.heartforafrica.org, and you can see all of the pictures of the children that we have. If there's a picture of a child that moves you and you feel moved to support that child, to pray for that child, you'll receive updates twice a year, pictures, those kinds of things, because we want people certainly to feel connected to the impact that they're having on that child. And so we need to recruit child sponsors this month. And our theme for child sponsorship is hope starts with you. Mm-hmm. And so child sponsors, we need child sponsors. We need people to, to help us, to join us and partner with us in providing hope for these children because babies will keep coming and we want to be able to keep saying yes to babies who need a safe and loving home.
1: And, and as of now we have over 40 kids that have not been sponsored, and so that's part of my job. so again, I definitely reach out to me or you can go through the website. Um, it's Nathan at org. We can share stories. we can talk about you know a lot of a lot of the uh, ways we do it is birthdays. People will say, you know, is there a child born on you know February 27th or whatever today is you mm-hmm. know and we can connect them that or newborns, as, as David said, a couple of times we get a new child every 11 days you know and so we'll say you know oh my grandson was just born Mm. or names you know there's multiple ways that you can find that connection I mean obviously the best way is to come down to Project Canaan with us on a trip that we have three times a year which you know we'll talk about but and see for yourself and, and see if you make that connection with a child. Right?
2: Yeah, that's what I was going to bring up because you mentioned, like, I think it was the second segment, 7,000 people f- over the last 10 years. So you're taking people there, uh, and how can people do that? And what has there been a response that you've heard over and over and over again as the groups go in and and see what's going on there?
3: Well, I, we, we do take trips over, and there are small groups and large groups that travel, and people can visit heartforafrica.org forward slash trips. To learn more we have a trip in july coming up we have a trip in november um you know i think the thing that i hear over and over and over and it's and it's unique to heart for africa and the work that we're doing at project canaan but people always say i just had no idea of the Mm -hmm. scope Mm -hmm. and and no matter how talented a storyteller you are it's not the same thing as immersing yourself into the story and so i think what we want to do with trips is we want to invite people for an immersion experience to learn about what Heart for Africa is doing through Project Canaan uh, in, in in Eswatini and what role they have to play in that story and how the next chapters of that story will be written with their participation. We're, so we're really seeking to engage with people because people come and have a variety of opportunities to to connect, and whether that's as a child sponsor whether that's selling Kitsala products, whether that's getting their church engaged with things that we're doing. I, I just think that God will kind of lead them to what role he wants them to play mm-hmm. uh, vis-a-vis Heart for Africa. And so um, people can visit the website and learn more about trips, or they can also email Nathan at Nathan at org. All
0: right. Uh, we're getting close on time here, but real quick, if people go on a trip, what what can they expect to experience? Is it just a, a day in the life of uh, of what's going on in the, in the village there?
1: Yeah, so we've I mean we've been doing this for quite a while, so we have it down to a pretty good science. But you'll spend uh, several days on Project Canaan, spending time with the kids and seeing. The first day is a tour; you see everything that we cover. But we're very intentional to still include what life is like outside of Project Canaan in Eswatini. Mm. So we spend a day. Um, visiting a homestead. You get to meet several, usually one or multiple go goes, as we talked about before, mm-hmm. the leaders of the community. You're getting water, sometimes walking a mile to get water with these people. We bring mm-hmm. them food. We spend time with them. And we just bring a football, a soccer ball, excuse me. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> I have to remember my audience. Um, and, you know, the kids, the relationships are the, are the biggest part of that culture. Right. And so that's all we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll spend a day out um, doing child wellness checks with kids in the community, bringing them food, there's a massive egg project we have, which we don't have time to get into, but we're bringing eggs and food and vegetables to cool. these kids. So you're spending time on site and in the community. Awesome.
2: Cool. we got to have you guys back. We love what you yeah. do. Heart for Africa, Nathan and David, uh, we appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, coming yeah. up tomorrow, Dr., uh, Dr. Jill is back, and she has a new kidney. Oh, good yeah. For her. Yeah, it's a great story. Well, our other one was <laughs> yeah, going bad. Exactly. So, but it's quite a story. You're going to hear it all tomorrow on the Thursday edition of Faith Talk Live. Everybody, have a great Wednesday. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. See ya.